Well, this site, like on the motivated sellers, they're looking for something quick. They have a problem. So you you need to be branding in front of it. It's not as much as on a realtor side. Realtor, you need to have that brand, that recognition. On the motivated seller side, like distressed properties, things like that, it's a one-time customer normally, just because they're not gonna get in the situation again. Like they're in a situation now, they're gonna dump their property and they're just looking for someone that they can't handle it, stressing them out. Welcome everyone to the Cassandra Properties Podcast. So we are joined today by Brian Driscoll, who's the co-founder of Motivated Leads. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna jump in and, and talk about a really exciting opportunity that's kind of becoming more popular in the market that deals with seller leads. We're gonna get into Brian's history and how he got to where he is today. I have personally gone through and been following the content for a while now. Uh, folks, when I say that he is the real deal, he is the real deal. With that, let's welcome Brian. Hey, Brian, how are we doing? Hey, thanks, man. Glad to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Um, we've been looking forward to this one for some time now. You get into this podcast world and it's crazy the connections that start to happen for you. Yeah. You know, it, it, the, our, our fear initially outside of, of course, getting on and, and, you know, doing this and putting everything out in the universe was, you know, who are we going to bring on? Is it just going to be local? You know, where are we going to find, you know, new faces to speak to? And, and we were like blown away. There's like a podcast family out there that once you jump into it, everybody is so helpful and they start connecting dots for you. And I mean, we've talked to people all over the country with you know all different backgrounds you know most of it's centered around real estate but it, it's been been really a, a fun ride yeah there's a lot of good people out there you know no doubt about it so brian's uh headquartered out in pittsburgh and we were joking a little earlier i won't hold it against them and <laughs> good luck as the steelers try and rebuild over the next couple of years as my giants are pulling it together behind danny dimes but we'll leave that out for now so i want to go back and, and kind of start in you know in the beginning if you will like you didn't just wake up and become this digital guru so at what point as you're growing up right do you start to take an interest in seo in the digital world and how does it all come together for you yeah sure so like back in like the early 2000s i hooked up with a website it was called odesk and then it turned into upwork i don't know if you've ever heard about that absolutely yeah and i was just messing around in there and i was i was pretty good at seo so i just started uh take a job 10 bucks an hour get too many clients and i'd go to 20 bucks an hour and just kept building up and uh, that's how I originally got into it. I kind of stumbled into it. I had a buddy who uh, owned an internet marketing firm here in Pittsburgh. He dealt with large stuff. I tailored more to the uh, mom and pop places that couldn't afford five grand a month or all that kind of stuff. And it just kind of snowballed into uh, learning, rolling with the blows and all the updates digitally, stuff like that. Yeah, that's originally where I got started. Just stumbled into it and found a niche that was good at. Now, did you go to school for this or are you self-taught or? Yeah, self-taught. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I'll trial by error and a lot of research, mainly testing and failing. Yeah, that's part of it, brother. If you're not failing, you're, you're definitely doing something wrong. 100%, yeah. You're either not being honest with yourself or you're not pushing the envelope far enough. So you're learning as you go. Um, you know, in the digital world, things change so fast. You know, it, it seems yeah, like time. when you, you finally get your hands around, you know, how things are supposed to work and all the different search engines and uh, there's so many different neat tips and tricks that Google changes how they're crawling or something major happens and you're watching your analytics and then you're like, when you go, whoa, what, what, what yeah. happened here? So I applaud you for that. Um, you know, it's not not easy to do. I know you talk about the SEO pillars. 
um, on your website and you lay out like kind of four different pillars that are the background uh, or the foundation, I should say, for for the company. So why don't we first start by, in your words, explain to the audience exactly what it is that you guys do. Okay, cool. So in a nutshell, what we do, we deal with real estate investors. We help connect. We help uh, pretty much build a brand and help connect them with motivated sellers. So what a motivated seller is, it's pretty much somebody that wants to sell a house. They want to sell it quickly. They're willing to sell at a discount for the convenience of not having to move their stuff where they just inherited a house, don't have to remodel, all that kind of stuff. So mainly we just do the digital marketing, connect people. Like we find the motivated sellers, connect them with investors, or even a lot, we have a lot of agents too that do this because if someone's calling a cash home buyer, you're the first one in there. They didn't, haven't even talked to agents yet. Right. So, yeah, that's so, basically what we do there. Are you doing just like SEO work and building the brand, uh, say on, on a, a, a website or are you doing ad placements? Are you doing, you know, media buys? Like how far does it go? Yeah. So what we do, uh, and I found, I usually do it in this order. I do Facebook ads, depending on people's budgets. We start with Facebook ads just because I've seen a high uh, close rate or a high uh, conversion rate from lead to deal. And then we'll do SEO. Facebook's quick. So you're paying to be there. You put up a campaign, you're getting leads in like two weeks. SEO is slow, has a really high return on investments. So we normally add that next. You're waiting like four to six months to see results, but you're not paying for those results and you get uh, returns on it. And then we do Google pay-per-click as the last one. Google pay-per-click's decent too, but with motivated sellers, we find a lot of people that are searching around, they click all three ads at the top, fill out forms. So you got like immediate competition when you're going out to meet people. So we have a little bit lower conversion rate on Google. Interesting. So, all right, uh, for for some of the audience that are really like, you know, deal people and they're into the trade side of it, they're not into the marketing side of it. Just just explain, you know, in, in a, a couple of minutes or less, what is SEO? Sure. So SEO is ranking in a free section of Google. So Google has, say you say someone types in, uh, sell, my, sell my house. There's going to be results. There's going to be three ads at the top, sometimes four. There's going to be a map section underneath it. And then there's the results underneath that map. So SEO is ranking in the maps and also ranking in the free section of Google. And what you're doing is you're optimizing your website just to be relevant so that the search engine can understand what your website's about. And we're hoping that we can be the most relevant in rank number one. And then when you rank number one or you rank in the top, obviously you get more traffic than if you're ranking on number 10. So mainly we're just trying to get to the top of the search engine and get traffic to the website without paying Google to send us that traffic to Google pay-per-click. Okay. So to explain for the audience, the different methodologies Brian's talking about. So the first step, I guess, is the brand, right? We want to put together a website. Um, at, yeah, at a logo, all that kind of stuff. Right. So we want to present ourselves as professionals or experts in this area. And Brian's team is going to work with you to build the, the website, which is kind of the mothership. And then imagine that, you know, off the mothership, there's different spokes, right? There's ways to drive traffic to that website. Uh, and the three he had just touched on were SEO, which is, again, it's a slow burn, especially down where we are in New York City. There's a ton of traffic, you know, right. competing against for SEO. So, I mean, we have a full-time CMO who's been with us for years. He came out from Apple. He's brilliant. Uh, and it takes a long time, right, for, for in a competitive market to organically start to appear in the searches that are relevant for your business. So if you want to buy homes or if you want to sell homes or whatever it may be, 
Brian's team is going to do a, um, I, I assume you guys do an analysis to see actually what the keywords are, because one of the exercises we went through that I thought was so interesting was, you know, when we were first getting going before we had Pete with us, you know, and they talked about SEO, we gave terms that we were like, we want to be found for these searches. And what we came to find out was the way I would search for a home, meaning literally the words I would type into the search bar was very different than how Brian searches for a home, Pete searches for a home, Susie searches for a home. And we were only going after the searches that were built of my brain, right? right. I was at the head of the company. So it was, this is the way we're going to do it. And then when Pete came along, he was like, no, stupid. People don't think the way you do. Like, And he ran these searches of um, all of the different keywords, the volume, the competition, the price. And I was shocked at some of the terms people put in for you know, the topics that we were trying to cover, it was totally different than what I thought people would be searching for. It so is, I assume yeah. that's part of your process. Yeah. And you know what you even speaking of keywords too, you even have to think from intent. So you have like informational traffic and informational keywords and transactional. So say someone that types in, I uh, sell my house fast. Uh, that's a different intent on how to sell my house. Some people are looking for information. They want to do it on themselves. Some people are looking, they're looking for an agent or they're looking for an investor. Uh, or the difference is sell my house versus sell my house fast. So I'm going to sell my house, probably looking for an agent. Sell my house fast, probably looking for investors. So it's all those different things you have to account for. And then make sure you're not just trying to rank and get traffic that's informational unless you want that because they're just looking to read and they're going to bounce. So your charts will look good, but your phone's not ringing. Wow. You and know, think about that from an intention perspective. Um, yeah. Which makes all the sense in the world in the world, right? Sell my home fast if you're an investor, you know, and, and you're ranking organically, that's got to be a distinct advantage. Right. And then even on informational stuff too, you can get people that come to your blog, hey, how do I sell my house? Or uh how to how to get extra money out of my house when I sell. Looking for tips like that. They come there and you can remarket them on Facebook. You know they're looking to sell their house now, probably in the next six months. So you put your ads in front of them saying, hey, we can either buy it or list it, stuff like that, because you, you get the informational people and then you retarget them. Just like when you look at shoes on Amazon, they follow you around, do the same thing here. So that is absolutely brilliant, by the way. So you're taking um, people who are searching purposefully for an action today that's going to result in another action six months from now and right. start to serve them ads through the different medias. Yeah, just get your brand in front of them so they know you whenever so they know you by the time they are ready to do it. Yeah, I've seen you guys all over the place. That, that's good stuff. So we're gonna build the website. We're gonna go through the whole process, guys, because I'm gonna do this with Brian's firm. So uh, you're gonna build the website. We of course have a website and we're a different uh, animal altogether, but we're gonna start from the beginning. We're gonna build a website. Brian's team is gonna run a bunch of different um, analysis on keywords, key phrases, some that are informational, some that are action driven. Great. So now we've got our pretty website up and I'm sure you're going to recommend a blog section, right? And yeah, are you, blogs are nice. So are you guys writing the blogs or? You know what? We work with companies differently. So a lot of times play, guys say, hey, you know what? I don't want any part of it. If you can handle it, great. And then a lot of people are like, you know what? We got people in house that want to write and they're, and they know our business can you do the keyword research and kind of consult and pretty much teach them how to write SEO optimized content? We can do that too. 
Okay. So you'll yeah. do the homework and then you'll have a few sessions like, Hey, here's the keywords you want to go after for this action. Here's the keywords you want to go after for this action. You're writing the blogs. They're taking their unique pictures, right? All of those things that are important for the ranking. Right. Uh, yeah, normally they'll come up with the topics of like, Hey, we want to write on these, go research it. So we'll research it and then map it out for them. Like, okay, put this in the title tag, meta description, these keywords here, and, and just pretty much teach them what to do. Got it. Okay. So my website is up and I've got some blogs that I'm populating as often as I can. Um, and now I don't want to sit around and wait for, you know, eight months, six months, a year for Google to find us authenticate us, verify our data is valuable and unique uh, and start pushing us up in the ranking. So we say, Brian, we don't have a year. We need to start producing leads now. No, that's, what's next? Yeah, that's where the paid ads come from. So now you can pay Facebook and you can pay Google. You can pay other places too, depending on your audience. I just know Facebook and Google are pretty good for uh, like finding sellers. Um, and you pretty much create create ads you pay them for the placement and they push your ad in front of the people that you're trying to get in front of, you know, and that, that's fairly quick because you're paying them to be there. The only thing is like paid ads are like renting a house. SEO is like owning a house. Once you stop paying the, the paid ads, traffic's gone immediately. SEO, like once you start doing your blogs or anything, you're still holding your ranks at least for a while, you know. Got it. So the activity we want to start right away, um, who's producing the content, the imagery, making sure there's brand continuity, who handles all that? Yeah, we normally handle everything. We have a whole design team. So normally we bring a client on, they go through fun intake questionnaire. They're going to give us house, like we look at house images, stuff like that. We match everything to their brand. Everything's custom. Um, if people have, like a lot of people will have testimonial videos, stuff like that, we could use it and banner it, make it the right size. But otherwise we handle everything for most people because most guys don't know how to make the ads. Okay, so I don't have to be, you know, a, a, a digital guru to, to get this thing rolling. You guys will handle right. even the placement on Facebook? Yeah, it's white glove. Like, literally, you fill out an intake questionnaire. We design everything for you. We write all the content. We send it to you. You approve it, and you're done. Okay, so now the leads start to come in from, let's say, Facebook ads or Insta ads or whatever it is that you guys are placing ads on. They start to, to flow to the website while your website is organically coming up to the top. You mentioned something earlier before that I thought was really interesting. So you can also do pay-per-click, which is the Google ads that everybody hears about. Right. So with the Google ads, you guys are finding that because they do three placements up at the top of the page. So for folks, when you when you do a search for just about anything, You'll notice up on the top, like sponsor ads or sponsored ads or whatever it says, it'll have two or three different links, or sometimes it's off to on the right-hand side. And then you'll have all the organic searches below it, correct? Correct. Okay. So the because other people are competing for the same um, target yeah. audience that you are, uh, there's a good chance, I didn't even think about this, that they may be clicking one, clicking two, clicking three, right down the line. And by the time you get to that lead, you've got two others that are already running that lead down. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We say that a lot, like, especially like when I get, like I run my own leads too, cause I buy in Pittsburgh. I'll go out there. It's a Google pay per click. They're like, yeah, that's fine. Hey, you're off. But I'm going to, I got two other guys stopping out tomorrow. And it is, and look, it's a Google pay per click lead, which is fine. It just gets that immediate competition. It's like whoever gets there first wins versus, I mean, it's still a game of speed all the time, but 
Google pay per click. Yeah, I see a lot of those guys filling out multiple multiple lead forms. All right, so we're at this point, and we we want to go ahead and and proceed. How do the leads come in? Right through the website. So however you have your website, normal websites, you're going to get a form fill, like someone's going to fill out a form on the website, or they're going to call your phone number. And then it's important too, like even on your website, a lot of times we'll have uh, a two-step form or a multi-step just because we want to capture name, email, and phone number. But then we want to pre-qualify people further before you have to call them. So we'll take them to a step two that says, okay, how fast do you want to sell? What repairs do you need? And ask different questions there too, because that kind of vets them. So you're not just calling, you're not just getting leads and you're calling people they never pick up. They're more likely to pick up if they fill out 10 or 15 questions versus just name and email. So on, on the brokerage side, you know, there's all sorts of books and stats and, and everybody talks about, you know, the, the sales process and to, to get someone to convert. Uh, I think it's 10 contacts per year, like dramatically increases your opportunity to convert a lead in this side it seems like that's probably not the case is that that correct well this side like on the motivated sellers they're looking for something quick they have a problem so so you you need to be branding in front of it it's not as much as on a realtor side realtor you need to have that brand that recognition uh on a motivated seller side like distressed properties things like that it's a one-time customer normally just because they're not going to get in the situation again like they're in a situation now, they got to dump their property and they're just looking for someone that they can't handle is stressing them out. So where are you guys doing this currently? You mean uh, the marketing or the uh, buying? Like, well, where do you have, uh, not you, where you're personally doing your portfolio, where are you doing this for clients geographically? Oh, all across the US and Canada. Really? Yeah. And are there- I, I got a guy in uh, Puerto Rico too, they're crushing it. So is there like a, uh, a particular region or let's not even say a particular region. Is there, you know, like typologies that are more productive, like, uh, you know, urban sprawl versus the suburbs versus, you know, big time cities or, you know, does that matter? It does to an extent. So way it works is on, on Facebook, for example, the higher the population you're marketing to, usually you're going to get the cheaper lead cost. But also, if you look in California or up where you're at in New York, you're going to have a higher lead cost just because of the property value, stuff like that. Um, but normal, like normal, like I'm in Pittsburgh, we got a 2 million population. So we're not, we're not super big. And our lead cost might be like 50 to 70 bucks. California might be like 125 bucks, which is still decent. And um, like I get a 10% close rate when we get leads. So it's, they're not like garbage. They're, they're high quality, high intent. But different regions, I mean, every area is different. Um, like some areas I think aren't, aren't going to crush it. They just crush it. And then some areas I'm like, I think we could do really well. And I'm like, oh, their audience just is not engaging, you know? So a 10% close rate, is that your close rate personally, or is that a company close rate? That's what I have in Pittsburgh on average. Um, yeah, we're getting like 10%, 10% of the leads that come in, we get, we do something with. And I hear from a lot of investors, they're, they're getting around that same number too. That's, that's, I mean... That's astronomical. If you're talking about, you know, leads in this area of 125, I think you said. Yeah. So it's a, you know, $1,250 investment is going to lead to a transaction. Yeah. Okay. So let me make sure I got this straight because that seems 
free. So if you hold a 10% close rate, you know, for the audience here, um, and you're at $125 cost per lead, that basically means that all said and done, the investment that you're making, it's 125 bucks per lead. You get 10 leads. If you're in the 10% that Brian's talking about, you're going to close one of them. So for right. $1,250, you're going to have the opportunity to buy a distressed property in whatever region that you're in. For this example, we're talking about bigger cities. I, I mean, that, that seems to be like too good to be true, to be honest. Yeah, it, it, it is. And then let me, let me back up here too. So, so currently in Pittsburgh, I've been marketing for a while. So we have a good cost per lead. Like say, for example, someone starts now, the first month's slow, you're going to get a higher cost per lead. Second month's better. Third month's obviously better because we're optimizing stuff like that. But the guys, like the thing is, it's a game of speed too. So you got to be able to answer the phone. And when a lead comes in, call them within like two seconds and get out to that property. Because I get some guys are like, you know what? I can't, these leads are no good. I'm like, what are you doing? What's your process? They're like, oh yeah, they come in. I call them in like a day or two. I'm like, it, it, you'll never close because this is a game of speed. The people that want to sell, they want to sell quick especially Google pay per click people, they're clicking, they got two other guys. And on Google, you're paying like 20, 30 bucks a click, sometimes even more. Um, so you have to convert, but then it comes down to, to the type of lead and type of traffic. So say there's different ways on Facebook to run ads, for example, you have Facebook lead forms, and then you can send traffic to your website. If you do Facebook lead forms, you'll get a whole ton of leads and you might close one out of a hundred just because the intent's not there. They say someone on Facebook sees a picture of a house, they click it, Facebook auto populates your information into their lead form on Facebook and you're done. That's your lead. You'll get leads, people wanting to rent houses, buy houses, sell, like it's all kind of stuff because they don't know what you do. Versus if you take that person, send them to your website, then they have to fill out a form. Then a second step on a form, it kind of pre-vets them. So all those hundred people that would have filled out end up turning into one lead. All right. Makes so I'd like, Yeah. Well, I, I, it, it kind of makes sense, but I want to talk about this a little bit more because that's something I haven't understood, right? We've tried a number of different lead sources in the company for seller leads, quote unquote, right? Mm -hmm. um, some of them have been much better than others over you know, years and now decades. We've refined it and gotten to a pretty good place where um, you know, I wouldn't say it's anywhere near one out of 10 because it's not, but you know, we're getting solid leads to some extent, but you do get a ton of leads where and I mean a ton where people are like, what? I, I, I'm not interested in, in, in evaluation. I'm not interested right. in you know, there. So how does that happen when they're placing the ads on Facebook? So they don't have to go through like a sales funnel that you're describing. It's just a right. click. Yeah. So Facebook has two ways. Number one is they put the ad, you click the learn more button. Facebook automatically puts in that person's name, phone number, and email, pre-fills it. And they just click submit. Super easy. Facebook's trying to keep people on the platform. Got it. And you can get leads really cheap that way. Like people can almost like bump their phone and fill it out. Like it, it's, sure. it's such bad quality leads, but also a lot of people like them because if you have good follow-up systems, say you got, say you got all the leads going into a CRM, it's uh, text messaging and email dripping these people. It doesn't matter how many people, cause you're not physically trying to call them. You don't have the manpower behind it. So a lot of times getting a lead for 10 bucks makes sense versus getting the lead for a hundred bucks. That is higher quality. So it depends okay. on everyone's business and setup. So you're, you're leading into the next question. So for us, we've got now got literally hundreds of thousands of people on that are vetted in one list. And then it's, it has to be a million plus on another list, which are these 
softer leads, which come right. in and they go into the CRM and there's the automated campaigns that go out and contact and all the good stuff that we can now do automatically that just kind of brand awareness and, you know, getting people to, to recognize a lot unsubscribe, but a lot don't, right? right. A lot just kind of hang in there. And then, you know, two, three, five, seven years from now, they're doing a transaction and they're like, you know, we're, we're top of mind, right? Cause we've been kind of hitting it and hitting it. So Right. On your platform and the website that you're going to build, is there a CRM component that goes with it? Is that a necessity because it's such like a quick thing? It depends. So, so yeah, I do like the CRM. We don't currently provide one, which we may in the future, uh, because most of the people, there's two different types of people selling. There's, there's number one, hey, I need to get rid of this thing now. And then there's other people that, like say people that inherit a house, for example, they're not as in dire straight. But also they don't want to go stick 50 grand or 100 grand in the property to fix it and list it. So, but they got 10 people in a family or eight people in a family they got to talk to. So those are the people you want to nurture and stay in front of. And you don't want to just spam them either. You want to give them good quality content and things like that to give them value so that it builds your credibility versus just spamming them all the time, you know? So there's different things there. I, I always recommend follow-up. The follow-up's huge because like you said, like seven to 10 times, uh, seven years down the road, someone needs to sell a house. Now they know you. Yeah. You know, okay. So my leads are starting to come in. Um, do I have to log in and check the website every time I get a lead? Is there any kind of automation where it emails or sends an alert? Yeah. Most websites we have it set up that they um, email and send a text message. And then it depends. And then it depends, like say on your website, it's whatever you got set up. Like we're sending everything, all the traffic goes to your website. So it's really transparent, but also it's whatever you have on the back end. If you get an email, whenever they go through, or if it goes into your CRM, stuff like that, whatever notifications you have there. Well, I usually recommend getting a text in an email when you get a lead. So we have a pretty strong CRM, but that that's a totally different business. I, I, I'm talking about the website that I'm going to hire you now, because I do a lot of business up in PA also. Oh, right? yeah. So I want to buy more properties up in PA up near the farm. So right. I want you to build a website there. The website you build, it will have that automation where it's going to kick it to me by email. Oh yeah. Yeah. Email and text message. And normally what we'll do, the lead will come in, they get an email or you get an email, you get a text message saying, Hey, you got a lead. And we trigger an email to go out to the lead saying something along the lines of, Hey, my assistant just sent this to me. How quickly do you want to sell her? It's getting them an email quick to try to build that engagement fast to get them out quit looking outstanding yeah okay so an email goes out automatically from your website that you built for me that says hey my assistant just sent this you know i'll be calling you shortly how quickly did you want to sell i get it i'm in the middle of a meeting i call as soon as i'm done or i get it and i'm not in the middle of a meeting boom i hit it on my phone i assume the number links i can auto dial and i get them on the phone within literally seconds from the time it comes in and then gets out to me. Yeah. Like sometimes people will call them up. They're like, I'm not even done filling out your step two. Like you're getting it that fast. And if you can call them that quick, they like that. You're jumping me again here, Brian. You, you Pittsburgh fans are all the same. So my next question was, how fast are you turning these things around? Quick. Like you mean when the lead comes in, you got to call them ASAP. No, from so the way you've set up the infrastructure. Oh yeah, yeah. Getting lost in cyberspace somewhere for an hour. As they're filling it out, they hit submit. Is it seconds, minutes before it hits like, my website and then kicks to me? Yeah. So you're talking about when the person fills out your form? Yeah. So I'm filling out the form, right? Yeah. I, I found your ad. I'm filling out the form. I hit submit. 
How it's right long there, does it done. Go through cyberspace and get to you. Yeah, like one second. It's almost immediate. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So there's two things that I want to do. I want to go after. Now we're going to talk about me personally, right? So I want to go after and buy more properties locally where sure. I have, a, you know, a, a real estate company. We've got brand recognition. You know, we've got, I, I was noticing, I was laughing as I was going through all of your stuff. I'm like, uh, you know, is he on all the standing platforms? Check. Is he Forbes Council? Check. Like we're on all of the same, you know, places. Yeah. So we're hitting, I felt good as I'm going through it. I'm like, all right, I must be hitting the marks. He's got, you know, accredited articles he's written for different publications. Check. So I've got a brand, right? And, and I want to now also purchase real estate here, but I also want to buy real estate up in the farm where I don't have a brand right? I'm just, you know, the everyday Joe up there. So how does that, is it two separate websites? Is it, how, how does that work? It really depends. So, so we have clients like, like, like I have a website in Pittsburgh, 412 houses because my area code is 412. So I make that look really local. That website only works in this Allegheny County, but we also have people that, um, do multiple cities, multiple States, stuff like that. And we'd make a website kind of like called family home buyer or something like that that's more broad that we can market in different areas and it makes sense. Uh, so it, yeah, we can do multiple websites. I'm usually a fan of doing one website if we can, because then we can put all the assets and uh, all the effort into that one brand and website versus doing multiples. Now, would you suggest that I create one house buying website that's separate and distinct from the real estate company? In other words, you know, like on my site, there's all my branding, all my blogs, all my articles, all the press, all the right. awards, all that stuff. Do I build a separate website if you're me or do I want to funnel it all into the, the Cassandra Properties website? I'd normally build a separate one. Um, we have to look at compliance and everything too, like what you're allowed to do, all that kind of stuff. Um, but normally we want a website that's super direct. That's like, hey, we're cash home buyers. We, we don't want people to think. They, they come to a website and they start looking around. They're reading the blogs and stuff. Then they think, then they're like, and I get to go eat dinner and they don't come back. So normally I'd have a home buyer website or uh, we have some clients, we use like a real estate platform for some of these websites and they have, uh, we buy houses or the offer is we can buy your house cash, but if not, we can also list it for top dollars. So you can have like a hybrid site too. Um, but normally on the brokerage side, they have like a different, the calls to actions and stuff aren't as strong. So I normally set up a, a separate website there. So, okay. So we have, we're going to now set up a separate website. What happens like for SEO and whatnot? It, am I competing against myself? Is it good? The more that we have just raising the bar, what do the dynamics look like for that? See, it, it depends. So in your situation, I mean, so you got a pretty, pretty big brand. I mean, it might be worth building a separate lander on the back of yours for SEO purposes. We're targeting two different things. So if you have a brokerage and you have a, a cash home buyer site, it's two different, like it's the difference of targeting sell my house fast or sell, sell my house. So we're targeting two different audiences, two different types of blogs. So you're not really competing there because we're not going after the same stuff. Um, if that makes sense, you know, um, it, it, it does. I mean, it, it is a totally different dynamic, right? Yeah. Like, uh, you know, when I'm I'm the real estate broker, which I am 99% of the time, my fiduciary is to my seller, 
Um, there's a, a very uh, strict confidence that we take exceedingly serious. Uh, so I, I, I don't think I would feel good about mixing it into the, the real estate brand. Right. Uh, it's a different thing, right? There are people who want to sell their home for top dollar, who many are willing to invest money. They're willing to stage it. They've got a runway of time that we're working with in, in order to achieve their objectives. We can roll out all the digital tools in the toolbox to drive top dollar. That's not who we're talking about here. Right. We're talking about people that uh, through circumstance or uh, through desire want to sell now, right? right. The, the people that you're going to be sending to me are not going to have uh, a home stager come in and a designer and talk about, well, let's change this, take down personal effects from the walls, totally different person. So I think I want to have a separate website. Now, are you going to take advantage of my brand in that website or are we going to be a generic, it doesn't matter, you want to start from scratch, you know, seven, the 718, you know, buy homes fast. That's my zip, my area code. Right. Um, what, what do you think is more productive? It's totally up to you. Like, like that's totally up to the client on that side. A lot of people will say, hey, I want to keep my brand. And some guys say, you know what? I want to keep it separate. You know, so on the branding side, I mean, if, if we're doing paid ads, stuff like that, I don't think it matters a ton. It matters a little bit, but we're going to be building a separate brand on that side anyways. I don't know if that makes sense. You know it, what I mean? It, it does. So as I'm thinking through this, um, right, I, I would think that I want people who don't have the runway, who just want to sell it right away, want to know that you have the cash, the expertise, you're ready, willing, and able. I would think that it would be good for them to know that I am a proven entity in the business. I do know how to get this done. I can act very quickly. I can purchase it in cash. I have title companies. You know, I've got everything lined up that I need right. to make this happen. So I would think my personal brand, right? Take the Cassandra properties out of it. But James Prendamano, the entity, now he's got expertise so he can deliver, right? That's a good point. Yeah. Because we do, whenever we're doing the brand on the uh, We Buy House Society and Cash Home Buyer, you want to look credible. You want to look like you can purchase a property, you can do it quickly, but you don't want to look like a big corporation is going to come in a clobber them. Right. So, yeah. So, um, and same thing on that, I'm thinking even too, when you're talking about with the brand, like a lot of these guys, a lot, a lot of people are creative too. They're like, hey, we can come and buy your house. But also if you don't want to sell it, a lot of, a lot of guys will come up with creative things like, hey, we'll fix your house up or we'll do something and then we'll list it for you. And then we work something out on the profits, stuff like that too. So there's all kinds of different creative ways that guys in the brokerage, um, figure out ways to help people out. So is that something that you also do and you're targeting those types of people or is that just happenstance or? A well, we're, yeah, we're just connecting people with sellers. I just talked to all these guys that have all these different ways of helping, helping people sell their house. Some guys are like, you know what? Some of these people, they want to sell it. They want to make the, but they don't have the money to remodel it. So we'll say, Hey, we'll remodel it. And then we'll split the prop, split what the difference is or whatever, you know? Right. Well, that, that, that makes a lot of sense, right? So it's not, everything's not black and white folks. So what Brian's talking about is there are those sellers that have the runway. They're willing to make investments. They're willing to, to take the time to properly stage and go through the process to really nail top dollar. Then there's those that want to sell immediately. And then there are those who are in between. And if you have the tools and you're uh, for many of you out there, I know we've got a lot of contractors that listen. We've got a lot of investors that listen, a lot of builders that listen. Um, Brian can deliver for you leads where now perhaps you don't have to, uh, 
lay out all of the capex to take this property down to buy the property in some instances perhaps you come across people who are in the middle and it's like hey i could throw in a new kitchen two new bathrooms you know we'll paint the walls and you know we can go out at x and, and you work out whatever the formula is with the particular seller you sell the property after you call cassandra properties of course to list it and then you guys split the profits. That's what we're talking about, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just. It's just. Uh, we're we're finding people that have problems, pretty much. Right. Just be the problem solver. Like some people are like, you know what? I want to sell the house, but I don't want to pay all the tax. They say, hey, let me underfinance it for ten years, and we'll do a balloon payment at the end. You know, you like it's. It's all depends on what the person's trying to solve, and if you can help them ethically too. Like you don't want to be being a scumbag, you know. No, a hundred percent. I mean, you know, there's. There's a lot of ways that you can make a lot of money in this world by doing the right thing. So, right. you know, of course, we want to make sure that we're we're solving for people's issues as we're doing this to the extent that we can. So, Brian, I, I want to do this here in Staten Island, but I also, as I had mentioned, have a farm up in in Pennsylvania. So uh, when I'm up there because I'm a lunatic, what I enjoy doing is is I enjoy working. I enjoy business. Right. Yeah. So. Um, I've done a few up there, uh, but it's difficult to kind of crack into the network if you're not from there. Right. So would you now create a separate website for up in PA? And that would be a totally separate brand, totally, because I don't have a known brand there. I mean, people can read about me and be like, oh, okay, this guy knows what he's doing, but he's also from New York. He's a city slicker, and it may be kind of a negative connotation. So would you set a separate website up for that? program as well it would depend i mean if we could position it i would pr i would probably keep it under one i mean it depends on how we position it so we could position your credibility and everything that that's a good thing it's not like city like people want to see okay you can do what you're saying okay we just want to make sure to position it that you're not some humongous corporation it's just kind of trying to clobber people you know got it but e either way there's no right and wrong answer it's on that side, I mean, you can do one. If what well, depends too, if we're doing SEO or if we're doing paid marketing. If we're doing SEO, one hundred percent one website. You did it again. You I know, going to ask you about SEO in multiple markets. Yeah. How does it work? Yeah. So on the SEO side, yeah, we want one website just because, like, we got on-page SEO, which is fixing everything on your website. That's the words on your website, uh, and pretty much everything on the actual website. Then you have off-page SEO, which is link building, building the website's authority. If we have two websites, we're diluting all of our efforts. We're writing double the blogs on two different websites, building links, splitting them in half, going to different places versus having one website that really ranks that you can have your homepage. Then you can have an areas we serve page is a first click in and then target each area that you're going into have a specific page built on it underneath the same website. Okay. So I want to do this and I, I you know, I, I, I've got the capacity to handle you know, reasonable volume, right? Um, what's the buy-in? How much do I need to get your company? What's the cost to get your company engaged, to build a website, to start placing ads, to do these things that you're talking about? Yeah, we started $1,500 a month plus ad spend. And then, um, yeah, it really depends. Like if we're doing the ad spend side, it depends on how much you want to spend. Like that goes direct to Facebook or Google. Um, building the website's easy. A lot of times for the um, real estate investors, we just use a platform like Carrot. I don't know if you ever heard of them. Yep. Uh, they're only like 69 bucks a month. So it's not like a ton. We build it for you. We don't charge. Uh, we normally will build brands for people included, uh, which is crazy. Like we'll make three logos, send it to you. You pick which one you like. Uh, we build the website 
get that all up. We build everything for you. Uh, we try to over deliver it. Just we're trying to build relationships with people, not front load stuff, you know? So 1500 a month and plus ad spend. So now in that 1500, are you guys like tweaking and refining keywords and are you doing that? Or is that just the monitoring fee? What's in that 1500? Yeah. So on SEO, we got a couple different things. We got on-page optimization and off-page. So what we're doing is constantly creating content, blogs, optimizing the website. And then for link building, for anyone who doesn't know what that is, it's uh, getting content on other people's websites and they link to your site. Kind of counts like a vote. So we're either manually outreaching or writing content, unique content, or creating videos, infographics. We're, that's an ongoing thing. You're trying to gradually build your authority over time. On the Facebook side, we're constantly creating ads, ad text, and monitoring, seeing what we're looking for winner ads, like what your audience engaging with and getting cheap leads for. But yeah, it's a constant, it's a constant battle. I keep updating and everything. And that's included in the 1500? Yeah, we do. The way we do it is uh, 1500 for the first service, say, for example, Facebook plus ad spend SEO. We just add an extra grand on like, like we're not clobbering people. It's uh, wow. Okay. So, um, now ad spend, how are you guys treating that? What's the percentage above what actually gets spent that you're marking up for managing the account? Okay. So we charge 1500 that comes to us and then ad spend. Normally it depends on the market. Like say in Pittsburgh, I'd pitch an ad spend of $1,500 a month on the ad spend side because I know we get leads for about 50 bucks. I want to lead a day. If you're in California, New York, uh, we, we may still start at $1,500 just because we want to see which ads work and then scale up. Um, but yeah, usually 1500 is a good, good starting point there. But then if you're, if you're getting leads and stuff, it just comes down to math and what the population can handle. Like in Pittsburgh, I know I can't spend more than like 2,500 bucks on ad spenders. The population doesn't hold you know, but if I'm doing national, I could spend 20 grand, you know? So on my ad spend, though, specifically, if I want to spend 3000 a month, because my market's big enough to handle it, right. on ad spend, how much of that 3000 is actually going to ad spend? Oh, hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. We just link your card to Facebook or Google. Like that doesn't come through us. That is amazing. So yeah. I have to focus on that for a minute because I learned this the hard way folks yeah. um when you're working with a professional like brian and they're talking to you about their base rate and then an ad spend budget read the fine print because many times inside that ad spend so again 1500s for the seo the monitoring whatever it is that that was included or not included and then when you get to the ad spend part specifically and you say, okay, I want to spend 3000 a month on ads. This is literally the first time I've heard that it's translating to actual $3,000 being spent on ads. M almost all of the other firms we've worked with or spoken to builds in a management fee to place the ad or to do whatever it is. And we've seen it as low as... 10%, 12%, and we've seen it as high as like 30%. Mm. So if you have a $3,000 ad budget, guys, you might be only getting $2,100 worth of actual ads that are being placed. So if you're in this market and you're thinking about it, that's a big deal. If you're already in this market, check your contracts. 
because uh, again, this is the first time we we heard that, and I think that's pretty damn cool, Bry. Yeah, yeah, we try. I mean, even speaking on that too, like when people are looking at ad agencies, there's a difference. Are they running the ads in your account or their account? Like things like that too. You want to make sure because everyone, if you have a Facebook account, you have. Okay, so so to break it down, there's different different ways people can run ads. We can run them in my ad account through my agency, or we can run them in yours, Jim. You know, and the way that's beneficial to you guys is to have the ads run in your account. You own the data. Everything's transparent because some people will try to run them in the agency account. And they kind of hold you hostage. They have all your data there. It's like if you leave, you don't get into the ads. You don't get any the data behind it. Nothing. So that that's super important there also. And the really unscrupulous ones, when they're data banking it, they're selling the same leads to a bunch of different people. So yeah, that's yeah, you get you can get into some real shady stuff. So I just find it it's best just to like run everything in the accounts, keep everything super transparent. Everyone's happy. We make good relationships, you know. But you do need to look when you're dealing with agencies, see where those accounts are, are being run. Because I have a lot of clients who are like, yeah, we're doing Google Pay per click. I'm like, hey, let me take a look at what you got. And they're like, oh, we don't have the account. We don't have access. We just get a report every month. Yeah, so if they leave, they don't even know which keywords or anything was working for them. Like they can't do anything. That's pretty amazing. So um, really good point, man. And again, I, I have to say it again. I applaud you for it because you're the first guys that I've come across that are doing it that way. So you had mentioned, you know, an ad agency will send a report. Is there any interaction with you guys? You know, do do you... Me as the, you know, I'm going to hire you to do this locally and in PA. We're going to build one site. We're going to branch off and, and place ads in two different markets. Do we have any conversation or is there any correspondence that says, you know, this is working, this wasn't working, or is it just happening? Yeah, a lot of times, like there's there's not much, um, you're getting the leads. So a lot of, a lot of times like, everyone's getting the leads. So they know if, if you're not getting leads, I'm going to be hearing from you. Right. You know? So yeah, we're available. We're super high touched. We're, we're really involved in the agency. Uh, but most of the people, if everything's running, you're out doing your job. Like you don't want to talk to me. And are you guys watching it on your side to see what's producing? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. So we're constantly watching, looking what's working, looking what's not cutting out the waste, put more money to the good stuff. Um, so yeah, that, so you, that you guys don't really have to worry about that stuff. And I mean, how big of an operation do you have? Uh, we got about a team of 10, you know, and they're all in Pittsburgh or people? Are no, in- we're all over the place. Most of them, uh, we got Pittsburgh, down in Houston, uh, Colorado. I got a guy over in Europe. Uh, so we got people all over. That's great. That's yeah, really COVID good. world, man. Everyone's working, working all over the place. Yeah, that you know, that, that's part of the new the new norm is that folks are realizing that they can do things differently. You yeah. Know? It changed us. We started this, um, the Motivated Leads brand right in the middle of COVID. Really? Yeah. We started uh, just in July because we have our old agencies, but yeah, we started this just in July and it's crushing it. And how many clients do you have? Uh, we got about a hundred. You've got a hundred. That's awesome, yeah. man. Well, you're about to have 101. I like it. I'm really impressed by this. Yeah, it's thanks. something that, you know, I wanted to do, um, you know, on the side and, and, and up in PA, as I had mentioned. Uh, so, you know, we're going to kick off with you and, and maybe down the road we could do a follow up and and um, I'll be one of the testimonials on your site. Like you've got tremendous reviews, you know. Yeah, thanks. Are, are pretty pumped, you know, in, in real estate when you're able to make these kinds of deals. It's it, it's pretty, pretty cool thing to experience. So um, I just got a couple of more questions before I let you run. Yeah, sure. So you're 
you've become an expert in really how to find an audience, um, create a message and place an ad in front of them. You could have done that for any industry. Right. Why did you land in real estate? I like people in real estate. I like investors. I'm an investor myself, so I understand it really well. Um, I do investing on the side. Like I buy like five properties a year, maybe. And I buy them, uh, put like 40 grand into them, fix them up, rent them out. I just really enjoy doing it. Like it's just fun. And I like investors. I like people in real estate. They're, uh, they're hustlers. Like they're, they're always moving. It's not like dealing with um, like an artsy kind of store or something like that. I like the personality of people in the real estate business. Well, really cool, man. Uh, I'm very happy that, you know, we kind of came together in this podcast universe. We will absolutely be in touch. I wish you all the best in the world. How do people reach out? Cause I'm, I'm sure some people are going to inquire. How do they, what's the best way to, to get a hold of you with the company? Yeah, sure. They can just go on the website. It's motivated-leads.com. Motivated-leads.com. Brian, I really appreciate the time today, man. Stay safe. Hey, thanks. You too. Take care.